Welcome back to the Intersection Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Armstrong. With me, as usual, is the brilliant Dr. Jack Clem. And we have some exciting news to talk about today before we get into our topic. Um, but first, if, if you're listening, I just want to take a second and thank you for your forbearance as we've uh, gotten better and better, hopefully, over the course of this podcast. We went from uh, two guys in an office with a handheld recorder to some brand new microphones. Yes, these are sweet. We, we are committed to you, the listener. We are stepping up our podcast game. There we go. Uh, so we are investing in some new technology to hopefully make uh, your experience better. You know, we value the fact that our listeners would choose to take time out of their busy day and listen to us. So we're trying to make that as, as good as possible for you, the listener. So uh, some some more exciting things coming down the road as well. So keep keep. Keep stay tuned for yes. some, some cool. Yes, dances. we're working on uh, some new branding for the podcast, which uh, we're looking forward to seeing how all that comes together. Uh, some new music and and uh, some new friendships and exploring opportunities along the way. So we're committed to the podcast and a spirit of excellence, and we really have a a, a deep sense of gratefulness to the Lord mm-hmm. for the opportunity, mm-hmm. and as well are eager to serve the body of Christ, the church, with just uh, these thoughts digging into uh, story and this a way of better understanding God's word to us mm-hmm. and a way of trying to help each one of us envision how we live on mission with God in mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. That's just so exciting. Like, amen. Like, let's go. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and we've, we've talked a lot about the plot line of our story. You know, it's, it's so simple yet it's so rich. It's so beautiful from creation to, uh, man's fall into sin to God redeeming a people through Israel and then ultimately in the person of Jesus Christ, um, <clears throat> redeeming a people from every nation, tribe, and tongue and giving that people a mission, uh, just the church. And then we have the, the end of our story, which is yet to come in return and restoration of all things back to right, back to shalom. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, what an exciting a story we have to dig into every time we get together. And, you know, really we've, we've been talking a little bit back and forth. We, we really want this podcast to help us all read the story better and then live in it well. Mm-hmm. So read the story well and live in it well. Um, and that's really, you know, kind of our, our guiding principles we talk through, you know, what do we want to talk about on this episode? Where do we want to go next? That's kind of a guiding principles. We want, we want us, we all, all want to be better readers and better actors in the story. We want to do that well. Amen. That's really the passion that's driving us with regard to the podcast. And we feel like the the story does help us orient ourselves to where we are at the moment. And when difficulty or opportunity comes our way, we know how to respond to it better. And so there's so much to talk about from this perspective. So many episodes in God's grand story to explore and, you know, just that anticipation of what is God doing right now and what is being on mission with God look like right now in this episode of God's grand story. So you think about it, we're living out an episode right now in history of a, a broader, larger story that God has started from eternity past, brought into existence at creation, and then is uh, unfolding it all the way to redemption and restoration. So, so, so much to talk about, so many interesting episodes to look at, and that's really what we're all about and what's motivating us from week to week. That's awesome. So what's on the docket for today? 
Well, we we want to talk about the book of Philemon. We've been paying attention to the news, uh, watching what's going on, and as we've sort of written out our our agenda of episodes, uh, we we came across the book of Philemon, and, and um, as you and I talked the other day about it, we at least for me, I began to think, man, this might be a, a good little book to dig into and just show how the gospel works in a difficult moment in the first century, and that difficult moment being so much much relatable to where we are at the moment mm. uh, in our current uh, situation with all that's going on with issues of racism and slavery and, and the economy and crisis. So we're wanting to unpack that story today in the book of Philemon. So, so when you think about Philemon, Ben, what, what's the story all about? Well, uh, we could start out by reading it. Yeah, that might be that. the that might be the easiest thing. It's it's short, so we're not going to read all of the Psalter or uh, you know Psalm one nineteen book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's twenty five verses in the English. I think what twenty three in Greek or somewhere around there. It's one of the shortest, mm-hmm. you know, one of the shortest letters ever. So we're just going to dig in and read it because we're going to mention a lot of the things throughout the episode. And if you've heard it at the beginning, it just helps orient us. So I'm going to read out of the English Standard Version uh, the whole letter. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all his saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus. I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but out of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he has parted from you for a while, that you may have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but much more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Great read. Lots of good stuff here. 
that uh, the Lord's preserved for us with regard to the story. And it breaks down pretty simply. Uh, it's a, a very personal, passionate appeal by the Apostle Paul uh, to Philemon. And uh, as you mentioned, short epistle, only about 335 words actually in the, in the uh, Greek text, but uh, moves very nicely. A greeting, verses 1 to 3. A thanksgiving and prayer in verses 4 to 7. Uh, Paul's appeal in verses 8 to 11. Uh, some celebration of the transformation of Onesimus in 12 to 16. Uh, the request by Paul to Philemon to receive Onesimus in 17 to 22. And then it wraps up with those final words in verses 23 to 25. So just a beautiful letter, short, uh, to the point, personal Lots of appeal with a, uh, an intention to persuade Philemon, but, uh, but very dense with regard to its theology, its message, and its ability to just like flesh out the gospel for us. And that's mm. really what, what we're interested in. Yeah, it's perhaps not a letter that gets much attention these days because it, it lacks uh, a lot of like formal doctrinal teaching. Mm -hmm. You don't find a lot of that in Philemon. What you find is... Paul living it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's just a different, it's different than what we would normally expect to hear in a sermon or, you know, a series or whatever. You know, there's not a lot of dense content, but but Paul is relying on a lot of the content he's already written and already been thinking about. Mm -hmm. and, and he's showing us how that actually works. Yeah. It's almost like an Old Testament narrative mm -hmm. playing out some theological truth for us. And we, we see that here in this letter. So, you know, what captured me is just thinking about, you know, what is it in this letter that is helpful to us now in this episode of God's story that we're living in? Mm. And I think the letter deals with some very newsworthy items of our day, like slavery, right? Because what is Paul doing? He's writing to Philemon about a slave who ran away from him, uh, whose name is Onesimus. Um, you know, compensation. How do we how do we repay Philemon, or how is Onesimus properly compensated, or or punished? Reconciliation, human worth. You know, all of these things really seem to be core sort of underlying currents in our current discussions in the news today. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the last few months, you know, those four issues have been in the news, you know, pretty much every day. Yes. And uh, especially for Christians, you know, thinking through how how does the gospel relate to that? Does it relate to it? Does it compel me to do anything? Does it suggest something? Does it give me an option? You know, I think Philemon starts to, to color some of that in for us. It does. You're right. And often the, the scriptures, the Bible is dismissed as not having something to say or it's condemned for, oh, it, it promoted slavery, it allowed for slavery. And those are, are, are two opinions that need to be confronted and addressed. Hmm. Uh, and hopefully we can address some of that today. But, but bottom line, what we see in Philemon is how the powerful gospel transforms a life from death to life. Hmm. And you see this transformation really being played out both in Paul as well as in Onesimus, and then as well as in Philemon. I mean, if you think about, here's Paul, this author, 
who was once a Pharisee of Pharisees, a murderer, uh, one who persecuted the church, uh, was confronted with the gospel, believed the gospel. His whole life was turned around on the Damascus Road and now is advocating. He's in the middle. He's mediating hmm. between a Christian brother and a newly converted slave. Hmm. So now, how does this look in the church, Paul? Hmm. <laughs> how, do, how do we make this work uh, in, in, the, in the gospel and, and in the reality of church life? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's amazing to see the example of Paul uh, you know, you see throughout the letter his uh, his willingness to get involved in this process. So, you know, he says, I, I could have just commanded you to do something, but I'd rather appeal to you. Mm-hmm. And and what I'm appealing to you is a difficult thing. It's countercultural. It's counterintuitive to how you would normally operate. Um, and I'm willing to go to great risk to appeal to you to do this. Right. Um, and so Paul is is mediating between these two believers, um, and he's going to great risk and great cost, sacrificing a lot, uh, so these two brothers would be reconciled. Yes. And that is just, I mean, what a beautiful picture of the gospel that Paul has proclaimed and right. is in prison for proclaiming that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh to mediate between God and man. Mm-hmm. And Jesus took great cost to do that. Yep. Um, and and now we are reconciled together. So what does that look like practically on earth before heaven? What does that look like? Well, it looks like Paul being willing to take great cost and risk and inconvenience to mediate between two believers so they would be reconciled like God has reconciled right. us to himself through the work of Christ. Amen. It's so beautiful. It's it so is. beautiful. And that's, so I, I think as we unfold podcast after podcast talking about the story, that's one thing that we want to always accentuate is this really big, genuinely powerful gospel Mm. that does transform life. And not only does it transform, but it transcends established laws, accepted cultural practices. And so here Paul is writing to Philemon in a time and space when slavery was the accepted norm. Hmm. It was a cultural practice. And Paul is saying, well, it might be the accepted cultural practice, but here's how the gospel transcends it and changes it. And this is the kind of, of relationship we should have. And Paul plays that out beautifully in Philemon. And we have so much of Paul's theology to rely on in you know the prison epistles specifically. You think of Colossians 3, where he talks about the nature of the church. There's no longer Jew or mm-hmm. Greek, slave or free. You know, all of these distinctions in the church don't really matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have these pieces of theology, Philemon or uh, Philippians 2, where he talks about the mind of Christ and uh, how we relate to to everyone around us is radically different because of the gospel. And so we have all, all of this theology and, you know, we're kind of left thinking, well, okay, like, what does that mean? Right. And we have the letter of Philemon where Paul says, this is what it means. Right. I'm going to do it for you. Yeah. I'm going to give you an example of what it looks like. And it's, it's incredible that the gospel is able to not create anarchy in, in a place, but to transform it from the inside out as right. people, change the way they relate to each other with love and kindness and forgiveness and counterintuitive values to that culture. Right. So, you know, the gospel doesn't bring anarchy. It doesn't right. you know, destroy authority, but it, it works. Uh, it, it works itself out beautifully in reconciliation and love and forgiveness 
right. all those things that Paul is willing to do here in Philemon. Right, right. It's, it's a, as you described, that inside-out transformation rather than this, uh, you know, taking up arms, going to battle, and, uh, and, you know, basically turning society upside down through changed lives rather than through upheaval and overthrow of culture. So, uh, the, you know, as Paul is in prison, and there's some discussion as, was he in an Ephesian prison? Was he in a Roman prison? You know, is this written in the 50s? Is this written in the 60s? I think we are on safe ground to say that in this context of Paul writing these prison epistles with this great theological content, he is visualizing all of that in a very appropriate, very immediate, very real situation that he's living out with this slave who is attending to him, uh, being with him in, in imprisonment, and showing, okay, this is what the gospel, this is what this great theology I'm writing to you about looks like hmm. on the, at the grassroots, you know, where the rubber meets the road kind of level. You know, it's so interesting to me, uh, you know, there, there's a, a little bit of taught theology about community in this letter. Hmm. So he, he opens up the letter by yes. greeting these people, you know, greetings to you, Philemon, you know, you're my brother, oh, and to all of the church that meets in your house. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's a very personal letter, uh, but it's not. It's written to his community of believers, and Paul does that. And then the rest of the letter, you know, it gets a little uncomfortable at times. Mm-hmm. Like Paul's kind of getting into Philemon's business and saying, like, this is what I want you to do. And there isn't really an option for you not to. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so positive you're going to do this and more. Like, I know you'll do this. And and by the way, prepare a guest room for me because <laughs> I'm coming soon. Right. You know, it's, uh, it, it kind of goes against what we normally think of as like gospel living. Yes. Paul kind of writes to Philemon and says like, this is what the gospel should compel you to do. And I'm so confident that it will do that, but I'm coming anyway and yeah. I'm writing to the whole church. Yeah. And I could command you by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's interesting how Paul actually writes to Philemon, the language he uses and um, the way he writes to, to Philemon's community. There's an aspect to, our walk that we're not, uh, you know, it's not a privatized, um, you know, secluded thing. Right. The gospel radically affects how we live with other people. And then oftentimes those changes happen in the context of being with other people. Mm-hmm. And and so it's just really fascinating it to is. me how Paul personally encourages Philemon mm-hmm. and really anticipates his obedience. Like mm-hmm. if you think about it, there's not really much of an option in this letter for uh, Philemon to say, yeah, I just don't want to do that. And him still be, um, you know, the facilitator of a church in his house right. and to still be friends with Paul. Like, there isn't really that option. Yeah. Uh, like the gospel compels him to do this. Right. Right. And I think that's the, that's something that illustrates Paul's confidence in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so he's not manipulating Philemon, but he is appealing to him really at the heart level, mm. uh, really confronting him with the realities of the gospel in a gentle, you know, sort of uh, intentional way. And then by and then then wraps it all by saying, in a sense, uh, oh, oh, by the way, you're being watched. <laughs> you know? I'm coming. Yeah, I'm coming, being watched. You're, I'm coming. I'm going to check on this. And then, uh, by the way, you're being watched. You know, the church is aware of the situation. Mm. So how are you going to handle it? Mm. I think that's, that's awesome. So, you know, you looked at some of the really, you know, some of the things that pop out to us about this story. How, 
what are some thoughts about how Philemon should help us live well today? Mm. Yes. Well, with regard to that, the first thing that came that I started to dig into or think about was that first and foremost, Philemon is rooted in the theology of creation and the value of human life. Mm. And so when you look at what Paul is doing, so that, I mean, that's just like ground level. Uh, I think of Genesis 1, 26 to 30. Mm. This is our classic passage. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then, so God created man in his own image and the image of God he created him male and female. He created them. Mm. And this might be the like, oh yeah, I get that. I understand that. But this I think is really at the core because I think ultimately the fact that we are created in the image and likeness of, of God crushes any social barriers or racial barriers mm. that we might construct in life or might uh, allow to be constructed in our lives. Mm. And so I, I, I don't think we can overlook that mm. at all. I think we need to see that, that here is Paul, once a persecutor of the church, now uh, an, a missionary and advocate for the church, writing to a friend who is leading a church mm. about a runaway slave and there's no difference that mm. they are all men created in the image and likeness of God. Mm. And so I think that needs to be celebrated and that needs to be heard today. Mm. We can't lose sight of that fact that we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And because of that have worth mm. and dignity. I think that's excellent. Mm. Yeah. The other thing I I'm reminded of as I'm looking at this is that Philemon reminds us that the journey between creation and restoration includes all kinds of broken relationships. Mm. I mean, this is not going to be the last runaway slave from a master. Um, this is not going to be the, uh, the last time you're wronged or I'm wronged or somebody else is wronged. Mm. Uh, we can't put laws in place that will prevent all of that from happening. Broken relationships and the sinfulness that uh, causes those broken relationships are so much a part of our daily life. But Philemon illustrates the counter-cultural application of the gospel to those broken relationships mm. Mm. and uh, to see how they can be restored uh, through the gospel. Yeah, so what's interesting is, you know, uh, the gospel transforms our forever status, but then Philemon kind of pushes us to think about what that actually looks like now. Mm -hmm. The gospel isn't just something for forever. It is something for forever uh, but it's also something that bears practical weight and should compel us to act differently today. Right. Um, and that's, you know, I think that, you know, there are debates going on right now about that. You know, we're not going to get into it all right now. Um, but Paul's example of his own theology in action uh, is that the gospel compels him to act a certain way. So that way people are reconciled to each other and to God as a result of his actions. Right. And I think that is a great example for us as we think through um, what Philemon should, should teach us about how we should live well now. Right, right. Yeah, well said. So we also see Philemon illustrates the breakdown of social barriers in Christ. Mm. And I'm thinking of Galatians 3.28 here, and I'm helped uh, as I've 
uh, looked at the New Dictionary of Biblical Theology. But Galatians 3.28 reminds us there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Hmm. So even though in our physical makeup there are differences, but in our relationship with the Lord God, there, there are no distinctions. Hmm. You know, we are all uh, one in Christ through faith in him. So grasping the fact that all of us are created in the image and likeness of God, as I said earlier, crushes hmm. racial and social barriers. Hmm. And Paul's letter to Philemon just envisions how this actually happens. Hmm. You know, here's the highly educated Paul advocating for the runaway slave Onesimus. Hmm. You know, why, why should Paul care about what Onesimus does or doesn't do or where he goes or where he doesn't go? He served, he was a tool to serve Paul in prison. Why does hmm. he care beyond that? Hmm. You see, hmm. well, he, he cares because the gospel's at stake. A testimony for the gospel is at, at stake here. Hmm. And think about what a, what a powerful picture. You know, we don't exactly know how this ends. We, right. we have, you know, we can anticipate that Philemon welcomes Onesimus back, and we can anticipate that. But just imagine the gospel witness that would have happened for that house church, for Philemon's family, for uh, you know all the people Philemon employed. Like, think about the gospel witness of a slave owner welcoming a runaway slave back, and the custom would have been death in that day. Yes. And, and instead of death, he's treated as a brother. Mm-hmm. Like imagine the conversation opportunities and imagine uh, the, you know, just the wonder mm-hmm. of everyone around Philemon watching this happen. If this, you know, we're, we're in, kind of anticipating that it did happen. We're assuming it did happen. But, you know, the gospel, when it's lived out with imagination in everyday life gives opportunities for the gospel to be spoken. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful when the gospel is lived out practically, when someone is reconciled to another person because of what the gospel does. That's a powerful testimony. Right. And that's oh, it gives opportunities sure. to tell the story. Right. And when we think about slavery in the New Testament and in the scriptures in general, uh, the scriptures are quick to condemn enslavement. I was thinking of First uh, Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 11, you know, the law speaks against enslavers, just like it does homosexuality, lying, perjuring, or whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. So the scriptures do speak to the wrongness of this. The scriptures do encourage using one's freedom, if granted that freedom, from this condition of slavery. And the scriptures do illustrate how the gospel really does render meaningless slavery uh, with a a perspective on who we are uh, as by virtue of our birth created in the image and likeness of God and who we are by virtue of us by virtue of our conversion Mm. being made one in Christ Jesus so so the gospel and and slave owners Christian slaveholders or Christian masters were were taught to not threaten they were Mm. taught to um, you know, show gospel love and care to those that were part of their household. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think these are excellent thoughts. And you know, we're we're really just scratching the surface. Yes. We we have some plans that are tentatively yep. uh, getting put together for uh, some future episodes here because I think there's just so much to mm-hmm. think about how the gospel story 
should affect how we think about slavery. So we want to do that responsibly because there are so many differences between slavery then and the slavery that happened in our own culture. Um, But we want to, we want to explore that and we want to think about how should the gospel compel us to act today? Right. Are there things that we should all be doing? Are there things that the gospel should be compelling us to do or not? Like that's a touchy issue. And so we want to have some guests come on who um, have done more thinking about that than we have and who uh, can help us think through biblically um, what the gospel should help us do today. So nice podcast tease there, Ben. Yeah. I like it. You're, yeah, you're developing your, your podcasting skills. Yeah, there. That, to, yeah. yeah, that's great. No, that's what we want to we want to do. We are going to do. We have it uh, scheduled to do. And uh, we want to, as you said, uh, show how the gospel really does apply, how um, it is relevant. And we, you know, in this particular podcast, we want to encourage you to see the relevance of the biblical material, the mm. story, the true story, um, the one that's inspired, inerrant, authoritative, really does speak to these issues uh, more so than our current culture would even want to hear mm. from the scriptures. Yeah, and then we want to equip you to live in that story with imagination and creativity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if, you know, you just read Colossians and Philippians and some of the other letters Paul wrote. I don't know if you would, you know, jump automatically to what Paul did. Right. In Philemon. Right. You know, it's, it's not like, it's like, well, right there, see under verse seven, that means I should do this. Right. Like you, you, you take all of that material and you say, okay, how do I live in light of all of that? How do I live like all of that's mm-hmm. true? in this particular situation, and then you act. Right. And that's what we kind of see Paul doing. And I think it's so it's such a blessing to have the book, the letter to Philemon as that example of like, hey, here's all the theology you have. Now go live it out mm-hmm. with imagination. Yeah. Go envision it in everyday life. No, that's that's so good of a thought. It's so great of a thought to, uh, because you're right, we read the scriptures oftentimes in this abstract sort of theological way and so we get our belief in order, and we have a hard time connecting that belief with our practice. And so we, we struggle at times to see the connection between what we believe and how we should live. And so, as you said, that's exactly what this letter is doing. You know, you touched on a couple of these things along the way, but I just wanted to pull it together in a point to go along with some of the others that, you know, Philemon is illustrating that interpersonal relationships do involve respect, appeal, patience, trust, accountability within mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. So as we think about how the gospel creates community, the fruit of that community that is created by the gospel includes respect, appeal, patience, trust, and accountability. Mm-hmm. And you know, you were drawing out so nicely how that was being done by uh, Paul to Philemon in this particular letter. But you know, the other piece of that drawing on that partnership, this fellowship that we have uh, together in the gospel. And, you know, I just think it's interesting how Paul in the opening is remembering, praying for Philemon, and at the close of the letter is dependent on Philemon's prayers Mm. uh, for a reunion. So he's praying for him Mm. and saying, you know, hey, this is what I'm celebrating in your life, this, this love for God and love for one another that you have. And now I'm I'm dependent upon your prayers that will ultimately bring me to you for reunion, and then ultimately for accountability. But fellowship and partnership are at the core 
of each one of those prayers at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book. You know, a lot of times you hear in the news or you see uh, in our worldview that um, you know people are motivated because they are compassionate about a situation or they have a private concern for a situation. And we celebrate that and we are grateful for that. And I think that is some expression of being created in the image and likeness of God. But the gospel grounds this even more deeply mm. in love and the outworking of the gospel as its fruit. And so I think it, it just causes that root or that response of compassion and concern to be tied to or rooted in something even deeper and more meaningful than just uh, a concern at the moment or compassion at the time that might have just tugged at our hearts. Mm, I think that's so excellent, man. So much more to talk about, so much more to look forward yes. to. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of The Intersection. Um, so excited at what's to come. We have some really exciting things coming up for you guys, so stay tuned. Um, make sure you follow us on our Instagram page. If you have Instagram, The Intersection Podcast, you can search for it just by intersection underscore podcast. Uh, it should pop up right there. Um, we're going to be posting some information there pretty regularly, so make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't to our podcast on any platform that you find your podcasts. And we'll see you next time 